Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, what does it mean to go beyond business, Martha? Are we talking about socialism? No way. We're talking about the real reason behind enterprise, the biblical reason businesses exist. There are so many. We're going to focus the conversation today on redefining ministry so that we recognize the marketplace as a huge mission field in order to change the world. Lonnie Ginger is the CEO of Wilkinson Corporation, and he's got a passion for excellence in business and ministry, and he wrote a phenomenal book called Beyond Business. How Your Company Can Build a Better World. Lonnie hails to us from Washington State. Lonnie Ginger, welcome to I Work For Him. All right, so if, God, if business was God's idea, in a minute or less, what was God's point with business? <laughs> so I think that God's point with business is that he recognizes that it is, it is a, a system that I believe he's established that positively reinforces the principles of his kingdom, where the greatest servant is the greatest leader, where he who he or she who serves the most people, creates the most value for the most people, um, benefits the most. It's, it's a, it's a self-perpetuating uh, positive cycle that builds God's kingdom when it's done right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I think about... You know, of course, in in theology school, I, I heard the stories of, and understood the stories of Jesus and that he was a carpenter's son and all that. But what didn't dawn on me until recent years is that here we have a limitless God able to choose any strategy, any method to execute his plan to redeem humanity, right? And what does he do? He shows up leading a business. Business was supposed to be a self-perpetuating positive impact on society. It, but that's not what we see today, though, is it? Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, it's not viewed that way by the church, and obviously, in many times, it's not actually businesses aren't businesses aren't actually built in that way. But um, one of my core convictions these days is that God loves business, and God really loves business leaders, and God doesn't hate money. He doesn't hate people who make a ton of it by serving their fellow human beings well. In fact. I'm not sure that there's anything that makes God smile more than seeing business, businesses and business leaders create so much value and serve people so well mm. that those people are willing to give up this thing called money in exchange. So I'm, I'm increasingly convinced that God might have even chosen business as his preferred method to manifest his presence and bring his kingdom to this world. Hmm. You know, what a great way for people to be. I mean, this is this is really I ho- I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of this again. I think our listeners too, Jim, because it's a a really eye-opening way of looking at things. So, if building a better society is contingent on building great businesses, why hasn't the church embraced business and marketplace activities in order to bring the gospel to the masses? Great question, and it would take uh, probably a couple shows to answer all my thoughts on that. But <laughs> or write a book, right? <laughs> or write a book, yeah. But my, my first response to that question actually is to expand it a bit and say that okay. God's plan is to use the marketplace not just to bring what is considered today as 
the gospel or good news of salvation, um, mm-hmm. but to actually bring his kingdom to this earth. You know, Jesus' primary focus, his driving reason for being in business and in life was about God's kingdom on earth. It was about building a better society, one where people lived under the, under the, the leadership and the values of God. So, uh, I don't know, most people don't realize this, but another thing I didn't learn in theology school is I learned a lot about the gospel and the good news, but I never realized that Jesus never called the gospel what we call the gospel today. Mm. The only thing Jesus ever called good news was the kingdom of God, bringing God's leadership and values to everyday life and society. That was the theme of his mission. And like the Roman ecclesia was doing to expand the leadership and values of the Roman emperor every day in the marketplace, Jesus said he came to establish his ecclesia that was to bring God's leadership, God's values to society through everyday life in the marketplace. And so when you, when you start embracing the transformation of society as the goal, it requires embracing a paradigm that penetrates everyday life of society. Um, it, if, if we embrace that it's not enough to just to, to go to a, a, a holy place and hear holy songs and great sermons and serve in the programs of that place, but it, if the goal is to transform society, it, it creates a different, much more per- pervasive paradigm. So we're both sitting here pondering all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. You, know, you talk about Jesus being a, a fantastic leader. Are you saying that Jesus is the most transformational business leader ever? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, these days, I, I mostly speak to conferences full of people of all faith and no faith, and I encourage them to, to just put any religious notions about Jesus aside for a minute and just evaluate Jesus as a transformational world leader. I mean, he raised the bar of effectiveness on rebuilding society on a global scale. In fact, you know, many even non-religious thinkers say that he is the most transformational business leader in the world. So if you drop the religious lens for a moment and just look at what this leader did, You know, he built a construction business for the first 30 years of his short 33-year life, and in the last three years of his life, he focused primarily on training up leaders who would continue his mission to transform the world. Mm -hmm. And he fully empowered his leadership team to run the day-to-day operations and expansion of the enterprise that he started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unlike most charismatic leaders, after Jesus as a leader was dead and gone from the scene of this organization he started, the enterprise continued to grow in size and effectiveness, and 2,000 years later, it's the longest-running continual enterprise in the world. So um, I, I think if, if you don't, even if you don't call yourself a Christian, there's, there's no denying the incredible transformational impact Jesus had on civilization over the last 2,000 years. Uh, more than any other person in the history of the world, and um, he did that from his platform of influence as a business leader for 30 of his 33 years. And in fact, my belief is that even in those last three years, he still had his, his business. He just had it self-running. And I believe the disciples mm-hmm. still had their businesses. Uh, that's why they were able to pick up and go use boats anytime they wanted in a time when boats were not just sitting around for rent or use as leisure boats. They were only used for businesses. So mm-hmm. my, my personal belief is that 
they both had their businesses. They just were good enough leaders that uh, they continued running and, and providing things. And Jesus, um, he, he taught for just three years kind of full-time. Right. If you look at the leaders of history like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and all these great um, other leaders people think of as great leaders, you know, they taught for 40, 50 years, and Jesus only taught for three years. But the influence of Jesus' three years of <laughs> teaching and leadership infinitely exceeds the impact left by right. all the combined years of teaching of those other men who were considered great leaders and philosophers of time. How would you define ministry today? <laughs> so, um, for me, it's pretty clear. Um, the word ministry basically means service. And when I serve people in what I do in business, I'm in ministry. There's, there's a direct correlation there. And uh, my, I would say my, my early first years in business were minimally productive because I still had, honestly, prejudices about non-Christian, quotes people of the world. And I learned it's hard to love people of the world unless you love the world like Jesus loved it. So it took me a few years to learn to love people who didn't go to church. <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that these days. Um, but, you know, these days, I've learned that when I love people and serve people well, that is my ministry. So, Lonnie, take a moment right now and speak to our listeners and just encourage them if they're thinking that they've never had that thought before, that what they do in service is ministry, whatever their role is within whatever organization or if they're self-employed, they work for the government, they're a teacher, they're an at-home mom, whatever that role is, speak to them and, and encourage them as a minister in about a minute. Okay. So, first of all, you you don't have to be a business owner or a business leader even mm-hmm. to to act this out in your life. Um, I would say that the employees, every team member in a business, is just as much responsible for making an impact for God and building His kingdom through a business as the business owner is, and. There are there's three levels that happens in. One is just the basic level of providing good quality service and products that meets people's needs. The second level is where you actually go beyond that to do extra mile things that express the heart of God through you to add more benefit beyond just the act of getting business done for people. And the third level is where you intentionally find ways to bring God's values and principles into what you do through business. So. All three of those levels Mm -hmm. are bringing God's purposes to what you do through everyday life and business. Lonnie, we've had a a conversation. I mean, we've we've covered so much on this today. What is it that you want to make sure that you communicate to the audience today as we as Christ followers out there in workplaces that are as varied from digging a ditch, selling used cars, to operating on hearts and everywhere in between? What is it you want to make sure everybody understands from your heart as God has directed? That's a great question. I think uh, what I want people to understand is what we're talking about here is not just uh, making Marketplace Ministry another ministry of the local church. I I believe that. I was part of Marketplace Ministries over the years and saw that as separate and distinct from the local church. What we're talking about here is shifting the entire paradigm for how we define church. I know that's scary for a lot of people, especially pastors. I love pastors. Uh, But what if business 
is a more effective model for doing church, as church was originally intended, than the conventional paradigm that has defined church for the majority of the world for the last 1,800 years? What if when you're building a business, you're actually building the church? Wouldn't that be a crazy thought? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you've so, just gotten heresy put all across your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know, I know, but let me tell you the real story. Can I tell you the real story of how Jesus started the church? Sure. Okay, so here's how it went down. And you know this part of the story. Uh, Jesus was asking his followers what people were saying about who he was, and Peter said, I know who you are. You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, essentially, you got it. On this rock, this foundational concept, I'll build my church. But what if what Jesus meant by church is not what we think of today when we think of church? See, the word that Jesus used, which we translate as church, is ecclesia. When Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, Peter got it, and so did the rest of Jesus' followers. They knew exactly what the ecclesia was in their society and how it was built. It wasn't a new idea. It wasn't a remake of a religious institution. If, if Jesus wanted this, this thing he was going to build to look like a place where people gather weekly to hear teaching and worship him, he probably would have said, I will build my synagogue or I'll build my temple, because those were the two primary religious institutions of that time. But he didn't say, I'll build another religious system. He said, I'll build my ecclesia, and they got it because the ecclesia was a well-known secular system. The Romans got it from the Greeks. They used it to permeate every aspect of culture with the emperor's rule and reign through the marketplace. It was a system that the kingdom of Rome used to expand its kingdom on behalf of the emperor of Rome, who they believed was a descendant of the gods or a son of God. So when Peter recognized Jesus as being the son of God, it was the perfect cue for Jesus to announce that he was going to build his ecclesia as opposed to the Roman ecclesia, and nothing could stop it. What, what I didn't realize until doing research on this in recent years is that the, the Romans had a deeply held belief that was this. They believed that where two or three Romans were gathered in the name of the emperor, that they were an ecclesia assembly with the authority of the emperor to expand the kingdom of Rome. Does that sound familiar? Yep. <laughs> right? So th- that's why when Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered in listen, my name, I work there, for him as your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. You have the authority of the our true workplace, son of definitely God definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. got it. So mm. Jesus wants to use us to build this, this unstoppable ecclesia through our everyday life in the marketplace. I wanted Lonnie to just kind of dream with us for a minute and ask what would it look like if the church and our current modern the day big C past, church, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the four walls church and the pastors really better embraced this conversation that you just were having. Mm, that's a great question because I think it, it all starts with regaining that original vision. So let me dream with you a bit. So okay. what, what if... Um, conventional church pastors embrace the possibility that when a business provides valuable service to their community, it could be a valuable missionary activity, maybe even ex- an expression of the mission of their church. Or what if pastors saw it was, 
It was their job to train business leaders to be more effective in their mission to transform society in and through their business. Mm-hmm. So my dream is to, to think of this. What if pastors saw the business, the businesses in their church and the business leaders in their church as an extension of their church's ministry, maybe as a campus of their church? Hmm. What if pastors actually got up and celebrated on Sunday what happened in and through the businesses represented in their church as much as they got up and celebrated the missionaries they send to Africa? You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.